Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Neurodegenerative disease is poorly understood with little treatment options, but we're trying to change that. Researchers are working hard to crack the case of diseases that cause dementia, like Alzheimer's, or other diseases like Huntington's. But trying to understand what's happening in the brain pathways, where normal functions like cell death, autophagy, or even immune cells get out of whack, and how we can better understand that and hopefully develop new treatments to fight things like Alzheimer's. With this week and more, the science of the brain. Alzheimer's disease is one of the most common causes of dementia amongst older adults. In the US alone, more than 5.5 million Americans, most of whom are over 65, are thought to have dementia, which would be being caused by Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's is a neurodegenerative disorder that basically leads to most of the cases, about 60 to 70 percent of dementia that are seen in patients. What happens with dementia is people progressively lose the ability to form and retain memories. It's an irreversible progressive brain disorder that just kills off brain cells, which gradually eats away at memory and eventually affects thinking, behavior, and even the ability to carry out the most simple of tasks. Now, Alzheimer's and dementia as combined are a little understood area, and we've been chipping away at it for over 30 years trying to better quantify, analyze, and understand not just the process itself, but how these diseases take hold, how they form, and really how to develop a treatment for them. The problem is, so far for Alzheimer's, there's no real major treatment. Now, researchers from the University of California's Irvine School of Biological Sciences have been looking into a way to potentially stop Alzheimer's in its track. Them, like many others, are trying hard to try and crack the puzzle of Alzheimer's and other neurodegenerative diseases. But these researchers have published a paper in the journal Nature Communication outlining a new understanding of how the connection between the brain's immune cells and how that can lead to more problems inside your brain when you have Alzheimer's. Now, it's understood that when you have Alzheimer's disease, you end up with these beta amyloid plaques, which is one of the hallmark signs of Alzheimer's disease. These plaques start to form on brain cells, and so your brain also starts to respond, sees these plaques forming, and tries to fight back. Now, it actually does this using a certain gene, One of the genes that have been associated with risk of Alzheimer's is called microaglia. And it's because these cells play a role in the disease in some way, but researchers like Kim Green, Associate Professor of Neurology and Behaviour, they don't really understand why or how. So, to try and figure out what was the connection between microaglia and Alzheimer's disease, what they did was just take it out entirely. So the researchers developed a drug. This drug actually blocks microglia from signaling. If it can't signal or it can't communicate, then it can't survive. And this research team had shown previously that you can actually eliminate these immune cells from the brain, basically turning them off. So what, that's exactly what they did in a rodent model. They developed a treatment that would turn off the signaling pathways used by microglia, and effectively, they just turned themselves off. But in the mice models that they found, what they found incredibly was that when they turned off this microglia, plaques didn't form on the brain. However, in places where the microglia survived inside the brain, plaques did develop. Now, you can't have Alzheimer's without these plaques being present because they're the sign that you have Alzheimer's. So obviously then microglia is connected in the development of Alzheimer's. Now the scientists also discovered that when these plaques are present, the microglia perceive them as harmful and start attacking them. 
which is good. They're immune cells. That's what they're supposed to do. But the problem is when they those immune cells start attacking what they think is an invader, it also switches off genes and neurons needed for normal brain functioning. Basically, the attacks taken by your immune cells to weed out these invaders, these plaques, and to kill them also ends up turning off parts of your brain function, further developing and impact, increasing the impact of the symptoms of a disease like Alzheimer's. Now, this is really, really interesting because this shows that there's some way to actually signal and stop some forms of advancement of plaques. Obviously, this is not immensely overall effective and these immune cells have an important role to play in your brain. So just turning them off on its own is not necessarily the best idea, but it shows a possible way to use these therapeutic treatments that could basically turn on and off these microglia in targeted ways to try and stop the development and formation of these plaques and hopefully stave off a disease like Alzheimer's. Now, these type of immune cells, though, they're involved in almost every neurological disease and even in things like traumatic brain injuries. So by actually experimenting now and removing and changing or modifying the way that these immune cells respond actually also opens up potentially treatment pathways for other types of diseases as well. So trying to understand how the immune system works inside your body is incredibly important because sometimes our immune system gets out of balance or out of control, which can lead to all types of diseases. And, problem. and knowing how to better control it and better use that to our advantage can help our body fight off diseases like Alzheimer's. This is some great work from the University of California Irvine campus published in the journal Nature. Lead authors include Elizabeth Spangenberg, Paul Semerson, Lindsay Hosford. is looking for new ideas and that includes researchers from the University of California Los Angeles UCLA who have been digging into some particular parts of brain chemistry trying to find out what's happening in one area of the brain and what that might tell us about the formation of Alzheimer's now when people have Alzheimer's parts of their brain decay and change in different ways and one of those things that researchers like UCLA professor David Eisenberg and an international team of researchers all the way back in 2005 they figured out this group of structures called amyloid fibrils form on brains of people with Alzheimer's and these amyloid fibrils contain proteins that sort of zip themselves up because they have interlocking teeth and this molecular zipper forms and seals tight this region of the brain, which can cause then more and more problems. These kind of dry molecular zippers formed by these structures inside the brain has been found to be linked to Parkinson's as well as two other types of neurodegenerative disorders. And that's been well understood and explored for over 15 years now. But what has recently been published in the journal Nature Communications is that there's a small protein called beta amyloid, which is a peptide, which seems to play an important role in the formation of Alzheimer's. And what's happening in this beta amyloid is that it actually contains a second one of these molecular zippers that sort of shuts itself up. And the problem with these zippers are that proteins like to live in water, but all the water gets pushed out of this region as soon as this fibril zipper starts to close itself up and they seal. So now they've discovered not one, but two of these different zippers. So where does this 
beta amyloid go wrong because it's actually quite common and it's found in a non-harmful version and a harmful version in people with and without the disease. The beta amyloid exists like most other amino acids in this big long string like, a, like beads on a necklace. But what they found is that as these beta amyloids get older, the 23rd amino acid in this long chain of 40 to 42 acids starts to form a kink or tie itself into a knot. This kink is, when it's formed, is known as isoasp23. Normally when this amino acid is sort of lying around, it doesn't actually cause any of these zipper structures to form. But as soon as you kink it and tie this little amino acid into a knot over itself, well then it starts to form this second molecular zipper. And that means that this water-free area can form. It's extremely difficult to pry apart and break apart this zipper, which kills off the proteins around it and leads to more and more damage. Normally, this beta amyloid has six sort of water molecules that float around and prevent it from sealing itself shut. But as soon as you kink and tie up this amino acid chain, beta amyloid, it ejects all the water and then the zipper starts to form. Now, what this means is that this kink in this long amino acid chain leads to faster growth of these fibrils, this zipper chain, which we know is linked to Alzheimer's. And as soon as you have one, it's bad, but if you get the second, even tighter zipper forming, then you're in real trouble. The problem is, once the zipper starts form, you start to form these fibrils inside the regions of your brain, which leads to more and more of them forming, and a dangerous cascade of events that researchers believe can lead to diseases like Alzheimer's. So why does this acid sometimes fold over itself and cause a kink? Well, normally kinks like this are sorted out inside the amino acid chain by enzymes. They come along and they fix and straighten up the whole acid chain and make sure it doesn't sort of get into any problems. As you get older, the repair might fail once or twice. Even if the repair enzyme itself is 99.9% .9 effective, over 60 years or more, you'll eventually have more and more of those repairs missed, kinks forming. And if they're not repaired or degrade over time, those kinks can spread, causing lots of damage upon different neurons. Now, this is not all bad news. Because now that we understand another formation pathway for one of the potential triggers for Alzheimer's, it gives researchers an area to focus, gives a clue to find pharmacological cures as well to help boost the enzyme production or make the enzyme work better at repairing these amino acid chains to prevent it from causing problems. So this is just one tiny piece of the much larger puzzle of trying to understand how diseases like Alzheimer's form and spread. But it's important to try and chip away at each edge that we can possibly find. Some great work from UCLA, published in the journal Nature Communications, that shed some light on a specific part of the process of forming outside. These, these formations of amyloid fibrils and how they can lead to these really tight self-sealing zippers and how all of that itself is caused by an amino acid beta amyloid getting twisting itself into knot and not getting repaired over time. Now, when we think about life and death, you have to remember that it applies to everything, including inside your body, including your cells. 
Our cells regularly go through a process that's known as autophagy. It basically gets translated quite literally as self-eating. And the job of autophagy is actually basically to kill off the cell. And there's plenty of reasons why you'd actually want to do that. Because if a cell has been infected or contains bacteria or a virus inside it, well, actually you want that cell to recognize that fact and then shut itself down, eat itself, destroy itself so that it can't lead to harm to others. And when this process works really well, it actually counteracts neurodegenerative conditions such as dementia or Huntington's disease as well as Alzheimer's being a form of dementia. Now, by getting rid of unwanted proteins and get, stopping them from impacting and resulting in other harm to other cells, you basically stop the spread of these diseases in their tracks. The problem is, if autophagy fails to trigger, then more and more defects can occur and you don't clean up the mess that starts to break in. And that means you can actually lead to conditions like dementia and hunting disease spreading. Now, researchers from the University of Plymouth have been digging into the process for autophagy to try and understand in cells when it happens, what controls it, and then what can cause it to go wrong. And they've published this in the journal Nature Communications. Now, the reason why you want to dig into this topic is, well, it actually would help understand potential new treatment pathways for these neurodegenerative diseases. By basically boosting the body's ability to regulate itself can lead to better handling of any of these defects that occur and prevention of these diseases getting out of hand. Now, the clearance of waste cell and cell waste by autophagy is controlled by two major processes, and it all involves a protein called P62. Now, the first thing that happens is a chemical process sees P62 bind itself to a number of identical molecules, sticking it all self together in a process called oligomerization. And then secondly, P62 actually separates out molecules within fluid. And basically, one process mixes it all up, squishes it all together, and the other process demixes it. It's called liquid-liquid phase separation. Now, it's important to understand how this demixing process actually is controlled by the cells. And science has discovered is that there's another protein standing by keeping watch of P62 called DAX. And the job of this protein is to basically interact with together between P62 and DAX and make sure that it demixes correctly. When it demixes correctly, then the cell can trigger the autophagy process, but if it doesn't, then it can get out of hand. So it's actually multiple parts or proteins inside working together. And the next step for these researchers is to better understand how this interaction breaks down. If there's a way to boost potentially the DAX protein and whether or not you could actually get it to trigger in other conditions to demix correctly at the right times to help stop the track of diseases like Huntington's. So research like this doesn't seem like much. After all, we're talking about the way that a protein mixes itself up and then gets controlled by another protein to demix itself. But it's things like this that are incredibly important for understanding how these diseases spread. They spread because they break a pretty basic concept inside your cells, which is autophagy. And if you can figure out a way to boost that process so it doesn't stop working, then, then you can stop diseases like dementia and Huntington's disease spreading because the cells are functioning more healthily. But to do that, you really need to understand what causes them to go awry in the first place. So understanding just the simple level, the interaction between these two proteins is actually a big, important piece of the puzzle. It may not seem like much, but it does help identify a way to keep your cells healthy and ticking on 
by eating themselves and cleaning up their mess as they go correctly and not failing to do so and leading to overrun of cells that stop don't stop a disease spreading. So there's some great research from the University of Plymouth involving researchers such as Yi Lang, Thea Willis, Robert Booten and others published in the journal Nature Community. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Immune Point. cells getting your brain getting out of whack to cells failing to eat themselves and clean up their own mess. This week we found out about ways to better understand different parts of your brain and how to stave off neurodegenerative our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.